Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It's coming back to Friedkin. It's the Friedkin weekend again, again. already. These weekends are coming up quicker and quicker, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm not complaining. I'm not I like into it. it. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast. This is a movie podcast about Billy Friedkin. Guys, uh, guy knows how to make movies. I At least love, movies that I like. I love this man's work, man. We have covered him several times now. Yeah. Cruising very recently. That was our last we, one. Yeah. We went, you and I went cruising not that long ago. <laughs> and way back when, Killer Joe. Killer, Killer Joe, Joe is one of the greats. This guy, there's episodes out the waz on this. Mm-hmm. We could do a Sorcerer episode tonight. <laughs> but That sounds like a dare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this could easily become a Friedkin podcast. I want to cover every one of his movies. He's on the list. Yeah, we haven't even covered some of his biggest yeah, Exorcist, you know, French hits. Connection, yeah. but we're covering West Coast French Connection. We're mm-hmm. going to the meanest city in the USA, apparently in 1985. L.A. The mean parts of L.A. Man, I love a mean L.A. movie. The gritty L.A. Yeah. that you love to see in the love 1980s. To see. So this movie came out in 1985, To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah. Soundtrack by... Wang Chung. Mm-hmm. They got Chung to do this, you know, no small feat. Yeah. Now I, I was surprised I heard this was pre everybody Wang Chung. Yeah. This they is they a, did this as a stopover. They had yeah. the big hit with Dance Hall Days, mm-hmm. and for their second album, they chose to do a William Friedkin soundtrack. Now I've That's never been cool. one to put respect on Wang Chung's <laughs> name. I never knew. But I never knew that they just chose to make their second album yeah. the soundtrack to To Live and Die in L.A. That's cool. It was quite a discovery watching this movie. Because I think I'd heard the theme maybe, but... Maybe. When I hear Wang Chung, I'm thinking... <laughs> not not so, this cool, you know, This angsty, is a cool album, right? Dark this is a synth. dark, sad L.A. album. Yeah. Made by a British <clears throat> duo. You know? Before Wang Chung and Tonight, to live and yeah. die in L.A., the theme, what a risk, William Friedkin, to make a gritty L.A. movie and then also have a band do a song that's the title of the movie. Leading off with a song with your movie title. Yeah, it. the lead off with yeah. the titular song is a bold choice. Bold. That Usually could, you get that at the end. Yeah, at least. this could blow up. Yeah. Right, this could be bad. It could. There's been some perfect Seems examples, pretty silly. like Fast Company. Uh-huh. Ooh, Fast Company. Well, so yeah. there's some, you know, but but Friedkin isn't make, putting like an Exorcist song mm-hmm. up at the front. There's no like French Connection. <laughs> like, this, is, this is them leaded with some like kinda, that would be great. Some like soft, moody rock <laughs> about the name of your movie, which is a long name for a movie. I wonder if he just couldn't figure out a way to get it in the dialogue. Like, he couldn't have, like, William Peterson just be like, to live and die in L.A. You know? <laughs> he wanted to use it somewhere in there. <laughs> it had to be but, in there. 
So this movie, I love so much. You've never seen this, right? I had never seen it. I uh, maybe thought I had seen it, but I, I think I was thinking of L.A. Story with Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Different movie. Also about L.A. in the 80s. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> No Wang Chung as far as no I know. No Wang Chung. I mean, maybe. I haven't it checked. I haven't peeped the But LA it would be Story everybody soundtrack. Wang Chung. Wang Chung. I don't remember the Steve Martin <laughs> Wang Chung scene. But what I kind of hate with that, when you have a band like, wang chung all over your average it really is, makes people want to scream like part of that like it's so 80s mm-hmm. like if it was like soundtrack by tim buck three be like woof yeah wait yeah. lamal did the whole soundtrack <laughs> boy you know it puts this like certain light on it and so i love this movie so much and the critics did not love it when it came out mm. and i went back and read a lot yeah because I e- think it's, Ebert got it right. I think it's a masterpiece, right? I it's think this clearly movie a, is masterpiece. a masterpiece. This is one of the best Freed kids. This was a really surprising movie. It uh, really captured me more and more the deeper I got into it. I thought it was going to be such a superficial cop and robber kind of movie, and like halfway through, it's just like, oh no, this thing is going. It's to dark another level. and it's sad and it's real sad and it's intense. And I love when <laughs> cop movies are really sad. I guess. Yeah, man. I don't know. It was great, though. It knows to, like, kill a bunch of cops. So already you know it's, like, cool. You know, freaking's cool with killing cops. And it's about a cop who, yeah, is obsessive about uh, avenging his partner and uh, goes down the dark road to get there. Yeah. And uh, But in all... So when I went back and looked at all these old reviews that were not favorable when it came out, all of them could not help make this direct comparison to Miami Vice. Like, it was him mm. ripping off Michael Mann. I get zero Miami Vice vibes from this movie. This feels like Friedkin doing just West Coast French connection. Yeah. It is, like, grimy. It is dark. There is no... This is not filmed in Beverly Hills. It feels like way more of a 70s movie. Yeah. In a lot of parts with the, the cars they're driving. I mean, William Peterson, our main guy, does kind of wear a scarf. And kind of have a cool 80s guy with a like, tucked in jersey. He also has late jeans. 70s Pacino, like cut off sleeves sweatshirt yeah, that's tight. That's true. Like a crew neck tight cut off But like sweatshirt. there's like a lot of old guys in this and like pretty normal cop looking dudes. Yeah, not, not necessarily pretty people in this yeah. movie. And he, also, yeah, to compare it to Miami Vice, this is filmed in, you know, like Compton. This is filmed in Watts. This is a lot of like deserts and warehouses. Yeah, it was out at like Lake LA. Yeah. You're going out to, oh. It's like Inland Empire yeah. looking stuff, right? Just like, just like San Pedro, <laughs> just like Miami Vice. You do, you know? I mean, yeah, the Wang Chung music is very '80s because it is just yeah. like everything that you would hear. And then, uh, and the title screen is in neon it's, green. It's a big neon, it's like Slimer bright. green, yeah, with with hot pink, like pink to live and die in yeah. L.A. That's like every like dad shirt you ever saw that was like pink shorts yeah. and a big dad Surf's loud up. shirt. Uh, and it does have Willem Dafoe. Driving a Ferrari around. So there is a little bit of glitz. So. Yeah, Defoe lives out in like Santa Monica, but yeah. he's rarely at his house. He's usually out in the desert. He's got that going for and him. And Peterson somehow lives in Malibu on his like secret service salary, but that's another thing. Mm-hmm. They're usually in the shitty parts of LA. This is not a Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. This is a gritty crime this, movie. These are the feds, by the way. Yeah. These, these are federal agents. Se- you said <laughs> secret service. We're it not, starts these, as these a secret service thing, right? Yeah. It's a total, like, uh, yeah, the whole opening scene is these guys at, at a hotel somewhere in L.A. protecting somebody. And uh, like Peterson notices the most obvious, you know, uh, 
Islamic State <laughs> terrorist you could come up with in the 80s. Yeah, the, the Might op- as well put Robert Forrester in makeup Dude, and have him the do opening this opening of this movie scene. really feels like a cheaper 10 minutes than the rest of this introspective dark it, character piece it, yeah it feels it like feel, maybe it started after this it originally. feels like the grimy version of frank drebin at the beginning of like naked gun just in a meeting with like yasser <laughs> arafat it feels just like what he's just protecting reagan in the, at a hotel right. next to the airport just george kennedy's sitting outside the room <laughs> yeah it feels like this weird fake like and it doesn't help william peterson Show legend. Manhunter. Maybe stuff. now. I thought he was good in Manhunter. I think he's great in this movie. Yeah. He blew me away in this movie. And Manhunter feels more of like a companion piece to this movie. Those mm-hmm. feel like the same vibes and the same level of darkness. Just one's about a serial killer and one's about, you know, a crazy counterfeiter. Not mm-hmm. that different. The vibes are the same. Manhunter had all those fake Wang Chung songs. It exactly. sounded like hits, but they were by fake bands. They just got Wang Chung. <laughs> For, right for the LA, source. they went right. And Peterson does this almost jock Michael Keaton thing <laughs> throughout the movie. Definitely, kind yeah, of a yeah. cracked out Michael Keaton. Yeah, he's got that kind of Keaton, like huh, huh, huh. Yeah, kind of tilt of the head. <laughs> going a lot, a of, lot Keaton, of times, a lot of like shoulder walking and kind just of like Keaton, stuff. calling guys amigo. <laughs> a lot of just like a guy you, that can pull off a legit me, like muchacho. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of guy. Sure, who's like kind of way too into his older partner. Dude, just like the older really partner wasn't deep happy. eye contact. <laughs> this is like Vic Mackey if Vic Mackey was like not as calculating. It's kind of dumb Vic Mackey, but he's really good at this dumb Vic Mackey. Yeah. Where did Peterson come from? By the way, the somehow 32-year-old William Peterson mm. in this movie. Yeah, I don't know enough about him, but... Like, before this, like, what was it. the guy even doing? He was like a jock or a cop in... Uh, Thief. Oh, yeah. He's like yeah, a bartender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thief. Shows up in Thief. And then I don't, I don't think he's in anything else until To Live and Die in LA Nailed and it. Manhunter. What a jump. Yeah. Where did this guy come from? What did he have? <laughs> he had something. He's got that stare. He's got that cold federal agent stare. Manhunter was such a quiet piece mm-hmm. of a guy kind of crumbling. This is much more of an outward crumbling of a man. It's veering into more Harvey Keitel territory. This is a character who is an adrenaline junkie, first and foremost. This guy bungee jumps, man. This guy he jumps off jumps. of bridges for fun. Yeah, he is a... He's one of those guys. <laughs> he got into it for the thrills. And he loves... Yeah. He loves when he catches a terrorist trying to <laughs> he blow up a hotel. He loves nothing more than catching a terrorist him. in an airport. Yeah. He loves going down those hotel That's carpets. That's all he wants to do, man. He is, He's all about it. He knows to check the little like food tray to be like, ah, decoy food. This is such <laughs> a... like. This is such a foreign world to me. This I, right. guy that's such a passionate cop. A passionate, like, federal agent. The guy that's just... Just anybody who's like, my job is my life. Like, yeah, I just, but spe- just this guy is just walking around these awful police cop bars. Ugh, yeah. What a, what a worse blunt hang ever this, at these places. This cop saloon is like <laughs> a, one of those one of those locations where this is the middle of nowhere yeah man i what don't know what is going on la here. area i don't know where I mean, this they is are. miami vice have you seen brad dorif doing cocaine on miami vice do they drink a lot of uh high life on miami vice <laughs> these guys are bums <laughs> yeah these guys are bums but part he of buys him a retractable fishing rod for his retirement well gift. that's what you just buy a buddy <laughs> that's just a classic buddy gift right there yeah 
If you know a guy that you call guy, it's a beauty. Give him that fishing rod. You see how happy that was the most that guy perked up. Yeah, he did. Until he got shot into a dumpster with some. (laughs) Right in the face. (laughs) Right in the face. This, the thing that Miami Vice, Manhunter, this movie, whatever, all have in common, man. The dedication of filming and framing and just having your look. Mm. Those movies all feel like such a unique look. You know? I looked up the guy who did the cinematography on this, Robbie Mueller. This guy has shot some films. The professionalism that he brings to making this movie look different than. Miami Vice or something glossier. He did Repo Man, Paris, Texas, Barfly. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of Von he Trier movies. Grunge. Did did yeah, like Jarmouche yeah. movies, like Ghost Dog. This guy can make cool looking, unique, quiet but dirty movies. It's it definitely had that haze that you get in LA. It had that kind of yellow film that you see in a Southern California. I love that desert. within our lifetimes, William Friedkin made a movie that made the most expensive city in America now look like a place that nobody wants to go. Right from that Wang Chung song that just kind of croons in our first like opening four minutes. It's all about like, why are we wasting our lives in this shithole? The whole song is just like, God, L.A. is the worst. Right. Every other L.A. movie is basically like a Randy Newman intro. <laughs> Everyone, right? Fifth Street. You know, and this one is just like, why am I wasting my life here? Why do I live alone here? Like, it is why funny, am I uh, dying in L.A.? You're like grooving along to this Wang Chung, and then it like kind of does this slow down chorus where it's like, why do we waste our lives? You're like, jeez, <laughs> yeah. huh, okay. I probably listened to the To Live and Die in L.A. soundtrack like a dozen times the last week, and I have been looping that song. Mm. What a groove. The lyrics could have gone so wrong. And they are not necessarily great, but man, they just fit. They fit. I do kind of wonder. It sounds a little bit like that Saint Elmo's Fire song, where it clearly got the <laughs> like title gets Man in, in Motion. Yeah, Saint Elmo's. And it's just like Dude, that doesn't really fit with the rest of the song. I really like. I wonder why in L.A. I wonder why in L.A. <laughs> to, to live, live and, and die. die. I love it. I love it. That's a T-shirt. In Saint Elmo's Fire. <laughs> like no, that was that's just a jam be a man and uh the wang chung went for something a little quieter a little sadder mm-hmm. this was no like chopped up hammer groove right this is some introspective shit and i just love the mood of this i love the look of it when you know the guy that shot dead man shot this mm. some movie about some dead men a lot of people dying this a lot of killing a lot of killing a lot of bad people dying yeah but william peterson having to just derail over the course of this movie, all while still kind of doing that like shoulder pumping Michael Keaton routine, is thinking there... thinking he's in the right the whole time while he's breaking laws and getting people hurt. There are some classic. One thing I love about a loose cannon cop kind of movie is a guy that just fucks up a city, <laughs> and later that day he's just like, "We did it." <laughs> and he's this is like, one of the best. And he is just one of the bro. more unhinged versions of that guy, and I love it, man. Yeah. This was a cool cast. This was a cool, like, unique cast with not big-name stars. When your leads are William Peterson and John Pankow. Like, yeah, yeah, we need a couple of Chicago boys fronting this L.A. movie. Now, is this the jump? Is this guy related to the guy in the band Chicago? There's, like, a James Pankow in Chicago. (laughs) This is the dude from Mad About You. Okay. I don't know John Pankow. (laughs) This is is Ira. 
As as John Vukovic. Vukovic. I loved They've how been giving much them these Polish names. They had right? to like throw that name in like five times to everybody referred Vukovic. to this guy by the last name. Yeah. Uh, but he was great. And then yeah, so it's like he was a big example of like this movie starts out so on the surface feeling. This is your new partner. He's a straight a you know straight edge guy. Yeah. And then, you know, these guys turn and... Uh, this gets serious. This does start as kind of, not a buddy cop movie, but yeah, the hard-edged guy paired up with the the book smart, mm-hmm. kind of nerdier guy after he just the the lost his, like, 20-year partner, right? Yeah. Who was a cool old, like, old hoss. Real old. Yeah. He yeah. was an old guy old with, cowboy. like, a cool mustache. Mm-hmm. Like a cowboy Tom Skerritt. Hot. Two days to retirement. This also starts out with like every cliche it, in the book. He drops that I'm was, getting too old for this he shit. He says, I'm getting too old for this shit. That's got to be pre-Glover yeah, and Lethal Weapon. This is 85. And then literally it's a two-day to retirement, gets killed <laughs> on the job, death. I was like, is this the movie where that all came from? Yeah, did this do everything? <laughs> so, Seriously. That's pretty, like, this is nothing all, else. Like, it's all Lethal Weapon. This is all Shane Black, but played straight. Yeah. Shane Black without the jokes. It's like, yeah, I remember in the 90s where it's like two days to retirement was like a joke. Like that was like a, a, a bit, you know, the cop dying two days to retirement. Yeah, to live and die in L.A. It's so good. It gives us some of our best ever John Turturro, a guy with oh, nothing yeah. but great stuff. This is an incredible oh, Turturro performance. Turturro, right from the beginning, does his signature looking over the shoulder. <laughs> With a worried look on his face. Tall, and I knew we man. were in for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Young Willem Dafoe, young Totoro. Dafoe was young here. He's pretty this young. This was right after Streets of Fire. Yeah. He was getting some cool villain This is a big role roles. for him, too. Yeah, this He's is... all over the Streets of Fire was such a, a bust. Cause, yeah. Because life is cruel. <laughs> and, you know, it, it didn't do any favors for Perret, but Dafoe has this, this look. And I love 8045 Dafoe, where he's still, like, a handsome guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you, when you see young Buscemi, it's like, oh shit, young. We all kind of made fun of Buscemi, but then seeing mid '90s Buscemi, it's like, oh man, this is a good looking dude. Yeah, he only well, got kind of weird guy teeth looking guy when he was older. But he's been that guy for twenty years, so thirty, forty whenever years. I think right? of Defoe, I always think of him as old Defoe, and then I'm like I watching mean, this literally... movie and then thinking about like uh, we saw Platoon. You know, a couple yep. of years ago. And no, I'm like, saying by the this is like handsome Defoe, and then two years later, it's like <laughs> Platoon and like Bobby Peru, Willem Defoe. Yeah. It's like, well, it's all over. Yeah, he never quite. He's like a from freak right after that, but in this one, he's like sexy, lithe Willem Defoe. Yeah, like slithery, sexy artist Willem Defoe, Definitely. not just like weird guy. And yeah, it's cool. I agree. It's really cool. It's, it's very cool to see him. And yeah, they're now. Here's the thing I learned about this movie too. Uh, the Secret Service, aside from protecting politicians, investigates counterfeiting. Counterfeiting. Yeah, I kind of lost the Secret Service plot. <laughs> Did he get transferred or something? No, they're Secret Service agents, and I think that's what they do, uh, or that's a thing that they do. You know what this movie does? When they're re- not, I mean, you can only spend so many hours like watching the president. I guess so. Right. You got to do something else. Got to rotate out. And they're big on the counterfeiting. My favorite thing about this movie, just like Michael Mann did with Thief, William Friedkin just sh- shows how totally cool the entire counterfeiting process is. And oh, yeah. also showing it in such exacting, insane detail that it makes you realize how impossible counterfeiting is. 
Mm. This feels like the most complicated process. Just like we see that huge torch they use to break into that final safe in Thief. Which is like, this is impossible. Yeah. Who are these guys? Who's Jim Belushi right now? The guy- <laughs> Who's this guy with the foam sprayer that knows when to come in with that squirting? How do they get so good at this? Where do you practice yeah. a thing like this? How do you get good at counterfeiting the way Willem... The 32-step the like counterfeiting process montage... Where he's just flipping things and heating up metal. This and looks like the most impossible to work something. piece of Dr. <laughs> Seuss machinery just to make. And then he's like doing 20s. And I was like, dude, this seems like it's taking you days. <laughs> but he's doing 20s because he's selling it into the ghetto parts of L.A. that we see what where a, people don't use hundreds. What a kick-ass plot, man. <laughs> Get away from the Secret Service stuff. Once it's Willem Dafoe cooking out in the desert, making his cool, crisp bills. Mm-hmm. You see how tight those cuts were see how online this man just that was some like industrial a... strength material there so this is a total ricky J situation where friedkin clearly just filmed an actual counterfeiter doing the whole <laughs> process right you know how much cheap friedkin always uses they must have had somebody like, come in yeah non-union guys so obviously he would bring in I mean, just film counterfeiting but that's insane that seems like against a federal law don't you think though like maybe defoe is so dedicated um, to the character that like he learns the process <laughs> i don't think it's like how i think we're putting some to, aspirations you know, on him if it was daniel day yeah exactly if it was dd lewis then it's like obviously he's, he's going to learn counter counterfeiter yeah he's gonna get maybe. in with counterfeiters live out in palmdale or whatever the la basin but i just love how he shows exactly how it's done He's showing every part of the process, makes it makes Defoe look like a craftsman. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an artist. He's an artist, right? Uh, yeah. And the he... same touch he's put into his artwork, which he himself is a harsh critic. He prides himself in making the most realistic bills mm-hmm. to sell into to sell to that canon legend Steve Jones. Yes, <laughs> American Ninja. I, I knew dude, I knew right? him. Yeah, I was like, I know I know this guy. I couldn't tell you his name. Canon but... Legend, man. That guy always looked. That guy looked like, that way for Fred fifteen Williamson. years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was getting the sub Fred Williamson role. <laughs> hey, if there's work to be done, dude, Fred Williams can only do eight productions. He's a got year. like three great scenes in To Live and Die in L.A. with Willem Dafoe. A great choice Friedkin made in this is every great scene from a guy showing up, like when Taturo showed up. Incredible. I was already like, this is the best five-minute John mm-hmm. Turturro role. When he keeps bringing the guys back kind of unexpectedly. Through, I didn't. I thought that was a one-and-done young John Turturro scene, right? Right. I didn't know he'd become a major part of like a 15-minute stretch of the movie an hour later. Yeah, you get one chase through an airport where he's a, a counterfeit mule. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we follow him through prison. He tries. Someone tries to kill him. That it's doesn't such a work. gift. He, he gets out with the cops. He betrays Peterson. It's a full character. Oh, man. He gets his own little half movie. He is so good at making this a movie that's clearly about William Peterson and the, him pushing things to the darker and edgier and illegal side, right? Just to go after this obsession. While still managing to flesh out a bunch of other mm-hmm. cool characters. In sometimes... This is a Hollywood name if I've ever heard one. Darlan Flugel. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know that girl didn't change her name. This is not <laughs> like I don't know where she's from, but there's no way that's sweetened up from anything else. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of like an unheralded genre legend. She is good in this as Ruth, the on probation now informant. 
Oh yeah, it's yeah. Under William Peterson's thumb, but also, why do we spend our nights <laughs> together? Like, what a tragic relationship. She could also have her own movie. Yeah, she could have. She could take this whole this... thing. She's so good in this. She has done quietly some very cool movie girlfriend roles. Mm. She was De Niro's girlfriend in uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Okay. And she's the main babe in like the MacGyver plot, the pilot. The oh, first MacGyver. Sure. She's the one they went to. She's in Scanner Cop, man. Oh, yeah, of course. She's a doctor in Scanner Cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know the name Darlan Flugel <laughs> before this, but it's like, oh, I've seen her in so many things in just the last five years. She's got a face. She is one of the best parts of this movie that is nothing but best parts. This is a unique cast of non-stars all doing this all this work that should have put all of them on the map, and I guess probably did. Seems to, yeah. yeah. This is a big movie. This I, I don't get what they weren't seeing in this. Mm. I love how this story unfolds. I love the obsession building after this counterfeiter. Well, you know, a, this... a lot of times with movies, uh, this is such a downer movie at yeah. the end that, uh, yeah, I could see a lot of critics kind of like the thing, right? It's pretty downer movie a lot of people didn't <laughs> people know like it when they're leaving people, sad right people in the 80s were not watching movies <laughs> to feel sad they were like i want to see the delorean fly away at the end i want to see et this had three different people get shot in the face <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is tough this was this was a special effects crew that knew how to do one thing really well <laughs> <laughs> i don't know shotgun to the face wounds i love the way this movie looks i love the way this movie sounds so if anybody knows about this movie, it'll be like the car chase. Even the people that were negatively comparing it to Miami Vice, all the reviews said this car chase is insane. Right. That's the one thing I did know about this yeah, movie. Yeah, right? it's, it's infamous, right? equals car chase, yeah. And so everybody knows Friedkin can do you know, French Connection. Of course he can do a car chase, right? Of course. But the love scene in this movie, the William Peterson sex scene, I think is so surprising in its realness hmm. the the kind of tenderness and kind of the like rawness that he shot this with this is like two people having sex it's and friedkin's uh, just in the room yeah this is an r-rated movie this is not yeah. an nc-17 Friedkin, movie Friedkin, all that time that i spent earlier talking about how he's doing kaitel this is seven years before bad lieutenant <laughs> Friedkin's put he pearson's out there yeah, he's he hanging. goes. He, he's yeah. doing it with like a cool dick. We got to add it to the list. He's on the list. Yeah. Did you know Peterson? Did you know going oh, into no. the night that Peterson no, was no, joining the list? No. That was the last thing on my mind going into this. Is this is cool. He was like Fassbender levels I, of I cool dick. I appreciate it. I right? appreciate it. Yeah. This is cool. I would do that too. I get You know, he's doing like I Michael. a guy who can. Like uh, how cool would Michael Keaton have really been commit, if, he did, if he showed dick? Yeah. Can you imagine how cool that would have yeah. been in 1987? Seems hard to believe Keaton never showed dick. Yeah. What if it was like, what if you were watching, this is like if you were watching Running Scared with Billy Crystal, and then like Billy Crystal's just like showing dick. <laughs> <laughs> if you were seeing that in the theater, it'd be like, whoa, Crystal's doing it. It's got a really passionate love yeah. scene in the middle. I was just like, damn, Peterson's doing this. Yeah. But Darlan Flugel. <laughs> <laughs> the sexiest name in Hollywood. Yeah, oh, Darlan. Man, the way her movement in this scene and the way Friedkin frames her when she steps out of bed and like steps to him. Mm. It was like Goddard, man. It was beautiful in the middle of this bad apartment in the shit town of LA in, at like where dawn, nobody wants. Yeah. You know, after he's been out drinking all night, 
dude Peterson just can show up drunk to a place, huh? This guy was drinking a lot in this movie. Yeah, this guy's a sad man. <laughs> it's a sad <laughs> like, man just out like, in Malibu, just right? Just taking tugs off a little Jack Daniels bottle. Yeah. It's like... Did you see how wow. redder, like progressively redder and baggier his eyes got <laughs> through this movie? This is a tired man that was getting like yeah. on his last. Of all the wire. cliches, uh, stuff this movie was born out. Yeah, you would think someone saying "you look like shit" would have come <laughs> into play. This guy is one of those classic movie characters that just looks guiltier every scene he's in. Like, he just looks like a worser and worser. Like, how's this guy able to like go to a restaurant? This guy looks guilty of every crime in every right. scene, right? And, and his like supervisor clearly knows something's up. You know, this is a guy who just lost his partner. He seems to be on edge all the time. He looks like and his William supervisor's just like looks. you violated a rule. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Oh, Robert man. Downey Sr. Yeah, and uh, we get this great kind of like slow interplay. Peterson wants to go more and more undercover to get this counter. This guy is so passionate about stopping counterfeit bills from circulating. Well, this he guy knows is so upset about it. That, that that was another thing that was so kind of uh, wow. This movie's just like so on the surface is that he knows Eric Masters, Willem Dafoe, is the guy that killed his partner. Yeah, there's no like investigation needed there. He's like, it was Eric. <laughs> it was this right guy. Here. I know exactly. I know he's where. a counterfeiter. I know exactly where he does it. I know who he does it with. I just got to catch him. Willem Dafoe is going to be a great villain in anything. But Willem Dafoe is the villain when everybody knows he's the villain. Exactly. So he just kind of gets it. It's almost this like Batman villain level of cool guy villain. He's almost a super villain in this one. Like he is like staring down, intimidating. Uh, the non-Fred Williamson guy. He steps he to scares so people. many tough-looking dudes convincingly yeah. in this movie. And his, like, right-hand man with the gun. What a... Who's that Who guy? That Who's guy? that guy? That's a guy. What a <laughs> guy. Like, this just seems like a dude that Friedkin found with a shotgun. This guy does not look this like an actor. This guy looks like a teamster, right? That yeah. was like, I like the look of this guy. I like guy. this guy. He looks surly. And he is, he is correct. <laughs> Yeah, this is a tough guy. This this is a dude that you saw him. He has no body. He has no like f- actual physically like. He looks animated actually. Like he looks like uh, the babysitter bandit from the. <laughs> he shouldn't look threatening. Yet he clearly is like a super threatening guy yeah. when he walks oh, into yeah. this room. Like John Panko does not walk in and look <laughs> threatening, but oh, this guy with a belly and just like one of those snap front hats mm-hmm. with just a normal man's haircut, just like a parted haircut, he he looks like a killer. Yeah, something about him just looks like a killer. They hang out in this weird carpeted downstairs gym. What, what is the this fuck health club? Was that gym? <laughs> Where is that place? That was the weirdest little, like, brickyard gym. <laughs> this is L.A.? Like, where are they going? This is like a carpeted office and gym. And he's like, yeah, I'm here, like, three, four times a week. Like, this is his spot. You know you can find him at the shittiest gym in Los Angeles. We got a really great extended, <laughs> like, kind of groaning and shifting sauna <laughs> performance. <laughs> I love getting a real time deal going <laughs> down in a sauna. John Pankow looked genuinely uncomfortable. He looked, he looked like, like he was going to throw up, man. <laughs> he really that did. Sauna scene, they were just soaking in there. There was like a. William Peterson and Pankow go undercover as guys wanting to buy counterfeiting. And they have this whole montage of conversations in the gym. These two dudes from and By Palm the time Springs. they're in the sauna, they are just. Butt naked in this thing, just like 
gasping for air. They are just hashing out a deal <laughs> while they are also like asphyxiating. <laughs> and Defoe is just everybody's like kind of leaning back and up in these different ways. Like like there's no comfortable way to sit in there. Oh no. Yeah, it's like they're on spikes or something. <laughs> Everybody looks so uncomfortable in this It's just sauna. like hot pokers they're all like, are hitting Every them. time they move, it looks like it kind of hurts. Yeah, But they're absolutely. also just kind of hashing out like 20%. You know, really uh, hashing out this counterfeit deal. can't do more than 30,000. While stretching their back <sighs> and like shoulders. Like, <laughs> Pankow looked less nauseous during the like 20-minute car chase than he looked in this two-minute sauna scene. They must have done that. They, it was probably one of those where it was like they couldn't get the lighting right in there. So it was like 20 takes. And they're like, they're like, Will, keep it, keep Mr. it. Mr. Friedkin, please, can we just have like a smoke machine going and act like we're in a sauna? He's like, no, crank it. These boys are roasted. Oh, we're filming in L.A.? Yeah, the movie's in Watts. <laughs> crank the sauna. No, we can just pretend to be hot, right? They find some scummy <laughs> L.A. locations, man. Mm-hmm. This is scummy. This is like... The best part of Jackie Brown is that authenticity of her living in the, you know, right, right next to the, the airport, right? Yeah. It's all yeah. in like, yeah, and this is just right in like these scummy parts of L.A. This is within our lifetimes. These areas are now probably go for 1.5 oh. million plus houses, right? Maybe, yeah. And this is but somehow this is like within our lifetime, there was just places. this dirtbag L.A., which is so cool. And he makes it just look so good. He makes Willem Dafoe burn money naked. How cool is that? This guy has a vision for this. Yeah. And this cat and mouse between Defoe and Peterson carries this energy through this yeah. whole flick. It's like man. you don't know how much Defoe knows. You don't know how far Peterson's going to go. They have to. Pe- Peterson have to keeps going farther than I expected. The thing to go. that, yeah, the, the real turning point, right, is where they have to basically come up with what thirty thousand dollars, fifty thousand yeah, dollars. They start having to borrow money and steal money around town. And and they pe- they're getting people killed. They decide we can't authorize you know thirty thousand dollars, but we need it to catch him in this counterfeiting. Yeah, we operation. need to find a way to get twenty grand. And uh, I couldn't get twenty grand tomorrow. They get a tip about a guy coming in with some money, and they're like, we're going to rob this dude. We're going to rob a dude. <laughs> yeah. This a known is, criminal. This whole movie is 90 minutes of Peterson talking John Pankow into just, like, yeah. getting deeper and deeper and deeper into an unplanned a whole scheme. Level, yeah, there's a whole lot of Pankow being like, I ain't no rat, but I ain't doing, I ain't robbing a guy, and then showing up to rob the guy the next day. People start dying. Because of this harebrained scheme, Panko is involved in murder. Mm-hmm. He's involved in like a. He's not happy about it. No, this is dragging a man down like with you. This is not Peterson just going down the drain. He's dragging down Ruth. He's dragging yep. down like he is dragging down everybody in his orbit. Everybody this guy knows is dying in bad ways. There's a great line I think right before they do this rob robbery where. Pankow's just like, why don't you just walk up to him and shoot him in the face? That's what you want to do. <laughs> yes. And, you know, Peterson, it's kind of, yeah, Peterson's playing this game with himself like, well, I, I can't do that. That's murder. That's, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm the he, good guy who's going to catch this guy in the bad guy act. But to do it, going to have to rob a guy. Chance is so good at talking and justifying mm-hmm. all of his increasing levels of crime. He is viewing himself as the good guy during what would have been one of the most legendary car chases in L.A. history. 
Like, this guy has talked himself into the craziest stuff as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. This guy is beyond, right? Yeah. He is, he is not going to end well. I knew there was. I knew the car chase existed. I didn't know our main characters were the ones running in the car chase. They are being pursued. What a scene. And when this airport bust goes... It blew me away. ...terribly wrong somehow. So, they're champs to just rob... They're planning knew? to just rob a man yeah. in the airport. Man, that's a desperate scene. If you ever hear about me like needing like to plan an airport heist, just ask what's going on. <laughs> William Peterson has nobody in his life who's willing to ask, man? like, what's going on, man? Yeah. This guy is just he's surrounded by limits pushers. Those nineteen eighty five LA limit pushing cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently. And man, once him and Willem Dafoe know they know. They don't know what the other knows, but they know they're each planning something. To blow that all up with a completely unrelated to Willem Dafoe car chase scene is insane. But this is this is like maybe the car chase scene. This was how some, he pulled yeah. this off and how it just kept going. Oh yeah. And kept adding cars to the to the mix, this right? Thing, this thing keeps going and then like ramps up exponentially. We go from like one on one car chase to like nine cars. We're getting three on one. We're getting train tracks. All of a sudden, guys with like actual machine guns are like shooting at him. This is like five star GTA. And yeah, from within, and it keeps going. It's like like ten minutes. He wanted to do in French Connection, but didn't have the budget or time to do. We get these guys going through the like warehouse district and. They we're doing the classic under the freeway, under the know, just like under the arches, the, uh, under the train tracks and French Connection. So you get all that. We're going under the overpasses. We're multiple freeways, and they're these big seventies looking cars, right? Even though it's eighty five, <laughs> these big boxy gray. American there are seemingly cars. hundreds of other cars involved in this chase. Friedkin does some long shots when Peterson starts driving up into on, up a on ramp into oncoming traffic. And drives on a freeway in oncoming traffic. He does a couple pullback shots. It stretches on for like a mile. Yeah. There looked to be a hundred cars. And it was moving. It did not look like a matte painting. It looked, yeah. It looks like they really just showed up at rush hour. (laughs) Just just threw a guy on the (laughs) off. How do you capture that level of chaos with that big of a production? There's no uh, freeway to watch it. So I didn't go back and see it. I need to rewind that and just see how he did this scene. Did he have everybody going in reverse and him going through it as an illusion? Either way, it's like a, a lot of good stunt. It's driving. like a, you know, Ben Hur level of, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, amount of extras. Yeah, it was like the French Connection energy. It was the chaos that you get at the end of American Werewolf in London with all those cars smashing into each other. So many people just. And then it just has this great surprise of like. Why are all these dudes shooting at him? He, you know, he's robbed this like Chinese, you know, he gets criminal. A, he gets a man killed after stealing his money. And all of a sudden, but yeah, like as soon as they're robbing the guy under the train tracks, these guys show up with machine guns and start <laughs> yeah. shooting at him. You're like, wait, why is that happening? We have no idea. Like three more cars show up full of guys with machine guns. Yeah. We don't find out until later that he robbed like a federal agent who was a plant, he, and all of the other federal agents were now chasing after him. They robbed and killed an undercover FBI agent. Yeah, that's you, why those guys weren't fucking around. Can you imagine doing a podcast with me, and over the span of a week, I make you kill an undercover <laughs> federal agent? 
No, I cannot yeah. imagine that. You would hate me. And John yeah. Panko for the next half hour is just like distraught. What and, are we going to do? And William Peterson is still the guy that's just like, I know what I know what I need to do next. I need to triple down. Like like you said earlier the uh fucking biggest laugh of the of the movie <laughs> is after yeah. the after they miraculously get away from this car chase. I mean, they've jammed up the freeway like the beginning of Nashville. They <laughs> they've got all these guys with machine guns staring him down and then it cuts to him at at his house like jumping over the couch just going like like fucking clockwork <laughs> <laughs> man your reaction to clockwork this is a that classic was, yeah this man ruined hundreds of days for people yeah. hundreds of people's days and were just dude died wrecked <laughs> people died because of this man and then he's going over to his like his squeezes place and going like we fucking did it babe <laughs> you should have seen me just out like there just like i told you just like i knew it would Pankow gives an excellent uh, scared-to-death-in-a-car-chase performance. Definitely. These guys, for all the cool hubris that Peterson's showing through a lot of this movie, he played a great guy who really didn't seem like he was fully like knowing what he was doing during mm-hmm. that chase. These guys oh, were yeah. kind of panicking during parts of this <laughs> chase. It wasn't Steve McQueen out no. there, right? Yeah, you don't go wrong way on the freeway unless you're panicking. Who's that? Of a chase. Who's that dude that's in the uh, the Seven Ups? The guy with, that's driving the car with Richard Lynch. Oh yeah, when Lynch is like going even more pale than usual. Yeah, the famous stunt driver. Yeah, this this did not have the coolness mm-hmm. of that, that kind of stunt, right? These guys looked deep in over their heads. I personally have never been in a car chase, but if forced to do so, I know how to drive enough that I could maybe back ass my way into something and that's what he was doing for 10 minutes yeah he was just riffing and it felt like it It felt like a man with no plan because more and more cops kept showing up more and more agents kept I showing no out of the woodwork man what a great use of that of the basin we yeah we've been seeing that, that and loving River. that in a lot of movies lately and getting what 30 cop cars down there or agent cars down there for a huge chase going up on the embankments Mm -hmm. going into the tunnels yeah (laughs) freaking crush this one both peterson and pankow perfect car chase performances this is a legendary chase Mm -hmm. i don't have any notes in front of me to rank car chases but seven ups has great impact one but this one has that longevity the way it keeps going Keeps upping the ante. Yeah. It's right on there, on par with uh, French Connection, I think. Yeah. French Connection has all those dangerous freeway undercrossings, whipping in between close poles. Yeah. Man. This is this is legendary, though. This, this but it's like that, the that part alone. where it's just like they're going through all the trucks loading and unloading. That's... And Pankow's got to get the gun out and get like, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> and they're just... going down fishmonger like, yeah. with trucks backing up in every part of the frame. Incredibly shot sequence. This must have taken weeks and weeks to orchestrate all this. And it shows. Mm -hmm. It shows up. And this sad conclusion, like, the next day after this miraculous chase, when he has a really terrible, rapey interaction with Ruth, another strong scene from her. She's so good in this. In in a really put-upon, thankless role. A really Mm under-her-thumb woman, right? Who will not escape the worst city in the world, Los Angeles. 
But when he has his victory lap over at her place and they go back to literally the next day in the precinct, it's like, all right, so we're looking for these two guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, killed a lot of men. <laughs> a lot of us died. Billions in damages. And it kind of scans across to Peterson looking just like drunk Will Ferrell. <laughs> just like eyes red like, mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a little of that hungover. Uh, like... <laughs> he looked bad. This guy... This guy looked guilty. Yeah. If you saw a coworker show up like this, you'd be like, Kevin, what is happening? <laughs> is everything all right, Kevin? This guy is just red flags. And he is burning down every bridge. He is, he's going to die in L.A. And then we get the fiery conclusion. Mm. We build the, the warehouse scene. When they go out there on false pretenses to get Defoe, when we get back to Defoe, Oh, to follow this car chase with a great villain on villain, like mind off. I love it. I love all the directions. Yeah, this movie. Uh, yeah, it uh, has such a great back and forth with what Peterson's doing and what Defoe's doing and the way that it both builds to them coming together. And then when it finally comes together, it's just such a messy. It's this bizarre, cl- like just like. Oh, it's this great fuck. mess. <laughs> Everything just falls apart. Right? It's this great mess that feels like one of the guys is going to make it fall apart the whole movie. Because mm-hmm. they each know who the other guy is. Defoe knows this isn't a guy from Palm Springs, and yeah. he says that. Yeah, but he keeps like, but neither guy He's wants like, to back your down, game. right? Yeah. Defoe is, you know, no, he's doing all this in the open. Mm-hmm. He's like a close-up magic artist, right? And he's just baiting. This guy in just to kind of mess with him, but also, you know what's happening. And they both know what's happening, and they keep kind of just, no, I think I will get (laughs) $50,000. Like, they keep giving the other outs to just kind of push off, and they just keep upping it. And then a bunch of people get shot in the face. Yeah. Peterson getting shot with 20 minutes to go is a cool choice that's a shock that shocked me yeah i did not see that coming uh i mean i don't know why this, i didn't you knew see this coming. guy's ending is gonna be bad oh yeah he's not he's not coming back the way peterson's trying to come back in manhunter yeah. i thought he was gonna have more of the yeah that daniel day lewis i'm finished kind of moment but yeah he just gets like straight up surprise just shotgun unceremoniously shot in the face uh, by the cool by that dude with by the, the cool snap guy. hat yeah yeah by the cool guy <laughs> by the cool guy yeah <laughs> I mean, the guy did what he had to do. Yeah, that's why he has that gig. But that was like that that moment in The Departed where Leo just gets blown away out of nowhere. You're just like, whoa, yeah, oh man, it's such an unceremonious. John Pankow's like, ah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. His partner just gets shotgunned in the face from like three feet out, and it's so unglorious because there's no even chance that the guys it's not like he's even like bleeding out like, were they were they even in like the locker room at the gym like they were at in the that carpeted shitty, gym sh- like, they were in the like they, to die in that shitty carpeted gym locker room we get like a uh yeah. that locker room was like four by four feet it had <laughs> like like two benches that were like kind of one man benches and they all just had to get undressed in there yeah we know Willem Dafoe has no problem, but this is a cramped space. <laughs> and then they have to do their deal there. There's like there's like eight total lockers in this place. Mm-hmm. Where is this gym? <laughs> Who has to work it's out like, at this gym? It's like Lloyd's gym. It's just like some guy <laughs> in his apartment. Like a guy a who gym. made like one room of his house, like a gym. 
William Defoe's like, I'm Pretty here. Much. I'm here four days a week. It's like, why? <laughs> Go anywhere. And so it keeps coming back to this, what a weird-ass location to keep coming back for these important scenes. <laughs> like William Peterson getting shot in the face. Yeah. And William Defoe shot. And he, he dies. Almost they all exact die. the same spot his, his partner gets shot. Like, right in the forehead. Yeah. D- D- this guy has a job for a reason. Yeah. He has that kill shot spot down. And when this... When John Panko, who was not wanting to do this one week ago, he has to become like a, a criminal overlord by the end of this movie. He has to become like his version of Denzel in Training Day. It's like a Chicago, yeah. uh, you know, small Polish Jewish man yeah. way, but still. John Panko, yeah. He he tracks down Defoe. They have this intense warehouse burning down scene where... Could you see him becoming the final like lead the last 20 no. minutes of this movie? No, I didn't see this ending coming at at all. At all. It's wild. I thought maybe Panko would, would uh, I thought flip on Panko him. I thought Panko seems like the clear guy that died. Or like, Peterson gets him Peterson killed. would get caught killing Defoe and have to go to jail. Like, you know, something like that. Yeah. But for Peterson to get killed and Panko to, Panko become... to have to then, like, kind of take his place. And it's like take his route over, and the, and the cycle continues, right? So then it's like then Pankow will get some new partner, and they'll go too far, and the partner, you know, it's like Darlan had packed up her stuff. She was she was she leaving. almost got out of there. Yeah, almost got out of she there. Was right there, and then Vukovic shows up. It's John Vukovic. He has like his sunglasses on, kind of puts his hand like on the he's door. Like, I'm tough guy, John Vukovic. Now Vukovic like, is like five five. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a small man, but it was again. It's like I thought his character was really cool. Just watching this guy slip into this, you know, abyss, trying to hold on to this other guy and the, getting dragged down. And then yeah, by the end, he's got to have kind of like that, like I'm bad John now. Yeah, like with my sunglasses. I'm bad Vukovic. He's got like a toothpick in See, his he's, mouth. He's, just like he he's wearing <laughs> he's wearing a leather jacket. Yeah, he's like, all right, what's it? Yeah, this is some tough he's shit. Like, yeah. Oh man, he has some I gear. Man, I wanted Ruth to get out so bad. Nobody got out. Nobody in this movie got out. Why do we waste our lives in the worst city in the world? I love it. Just, and just for, just for some fake money. That's it. Just for a all little for fake some, money. Just for is that it? Is that all there is to it? These people just died in L.A. Yeah. Everybody in this movie died in L.A. This is the saddest movie about L.A. ever. How do you get away with this? I love it. How'd he do this? Well, it sounds like he didn't, he didn't really get away with it because everyone <laughs> yeah, hated it. They hated it. All the L.A. critics were not down They're with like, it. All right, so first he makes this homophobic slasher, and now he's doing this uh But it still feels cop like LA so very massacre. L.A. Even though these are not all the parts of L.A., these, he knows L.A. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not just some guy breezing into town and making this stuff up. Like He, has an L- he knows the L.A. he wanted on this film, right? This just feels so complete and... I guess I see the criticisms of it, but this seems like kind of a, kind of one of another Friedkin masterpiece. No, I, I think it is. Yeah, it, like I said, the the way that it sucked me in and changed my perception of it as I'm watching it, and just being like, oh, this is doing something else that that I did not expect. Yeah, this is going and deeper. To have, this is yeah, more the real shock of the ending, the uh, amazing car chase. It overwhelms but its all the things that seem the Wang familiar. Chung. The Wang Chung is really good. I mean, the Chung itself. What I love about the Wang Chung score, <laughs> other than the cool, desolate tones that it adds, they don't just do songs. They did like sound cues. 
Mm-hmm. So they're doing these old, like John Carpenter riffs, but cool synth keyboard like cues to a lot of this, along with their eight originals yeah. as their second album. Then they had their big number one hit, right? I what guess a, so. What a great what a score. What a great score that I could have seen. I've only heard it referred to as like to make fun of the movie. Mm. Wang Chung did the score. Like everybody, Wang Chung. Like no, 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 no. I gotta, the the name Wang Chung does lend itself to a little of. Uh... I don't love saying it. <laughs> I feel like racist. I don't. I don't, I don't know if it's it. a racist name, but it, it I sound. feel like I'm saying something racist every it, it time I say it. Does have a little bit it. of that, yeah. So I don't love that. I don't love it's it. It's kind of like that. Everybody's you know kung fu fighting. You're just like I love. I'm not sure I love, if I'm allowed to sing this. I talked for like two hours about Hong Chow, but I also feel like I can't do that one well either mm-hmm. wang chung feels like the worst version of that and it's all white guys i don't know what it means but they I don't kn- want to know. but they knocked it out here <laughs> what a choice where freegan's putting his fist down to get wang chung like guy we got guys that can do this yeah no we're getting wang chung and they're doing it all also just for me quick shout out to whoever did the titles for all the dates and times a different cool 80s date and time font Every time. Every time. It we went got, from we like, got like five or six. It went of from them. like diary entry looking ones to like a <laughs> digital clock. We got a ticker type ones. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything. The, dig- you, the digital like, clock one was, one was good. One was like that Terminator font. It was cool. <laughs> Every time there was a new them. one, I was like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 40 of them. They really let you know when and at what we time were, everything is happening. This is like a five week stretch. Yeah. This guy ruins so many lives in five weeks. I thought, man. yeah, it was, yeah, it was surprising. I thought for some reason this was like, a, it took a year, but yeah, this is like a month, it's like month December and a half. to January, and it's it like spanned a year, the middle of winter, but it looks just hot and gross a, in LA, LA, even in the man. middle of winter. This is dirtbag LA. Yeah, we didn't get to experience dirtbag LA when I went down to visit family in Riverside. It didn't feel like <laughs> dirtbag LA, right? They didn't take you to those parts. No, we didn't go to. You didn't go to. We didn't go where Friedkin parts. went. Yeah, it looks great. This is not glamorous, LA. This is to. This is to wonder why in LA, right? Aren't we all just wondering why in LA? See this movie. Hmm. If you just have heard of this as a Miami Vice ripoff, nothing could be further from the truth. It's really not. No, it's a. T- it's its own beast for sure. Man, it's a Friedkin we're, beast. We're doing all Friedkin now, huh? We have I'm to. Into it. We're, yeah. we're, gonna, we're gonna do bug. I need to find this one on the disc. I don't think I've got this on the disc. This needs to be a. La- this is and a it's not streaming movie. anywhere. So yeah, you gotta have to kind of hunt this one down. I guess. I have no. Is is there a Wang Chung rights issue that's keeping this movie impossible oh, to maybe. stream? I bet. Oh. I bet that's exactly what it is. Those guys are holding this up. I'll I'll get I'll we'll get on, on this. The phone. Yeah, we'll yeah. get Chung on the phone. <laughs> find this movie somewhere, please. You need, you need you <laughs> need you need more Friedkin in your life. This is a Friedkin cast. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening. Good night.